Young Jigward Creighton on the check-in. Young Jigward Creighton on the check-in. What's good, everybody that's tuning in, whether that's family, friends, acquaintances, enemies. I know y'all be watching me. For those of y'all that don't know the name behind the mic, I go by many different ones. Young Jig, Jiggy Crate, Jig, Crate, Eli, Elijah. Anyways, y'all get the point. Welcome to Jig's Desk. And what he say? Entertainment. Brings to you the pilot episode of A Long Journey Inside My Brain. To start off, the whole pilot episode thing used to throw me off when I was growing up. Like, why was every show's first episode titled Pilot? Being me, I didn't ask no questions besides that one. I use a lot of double negatives and I really don't care to be corrected. I know what I'm saying and so do you. But anyways, never asked about it. Then one day, I was probably like 13, 14 at the time, I asked my grandma, why do they always call the first episode of a show Pilot? She says to me, well, if you think about a pilot, they operate the plane and get everyone ready for takeoff. It's the same with these pilot episodes. It's the launch of a new show to see if it'll be a hit or a bust. Mind blown me, thought that was just the most clever idea ever. But it made sense, so I ran with it. I know y'all don't want to hear about that little corniness anymore. Let me give y'all a little rundown about this big nose hooligan behind the mic. Victorville, California is my stomping grounds. Ran those streets since a little jet. Skating, riding bikes, playing ultimate frisbee in the park. The whole nine. My childhood wasn't bad in the sense of making friends and playing outside till the street lights came on. Y'all know the vibes. And if y'all were the people that got to stay out past the street lights, lucky living. Not many people know where Victorville is, so the best way I know how to describe it is if you're coming to L.A. from Vegas, you'll pass right on through it, and vice versa. If you're going to Vegas from L.A., we're just a pit stop right in the middle. It's not the best, but I mean, it's my home. Like I said, I lived in Victorville all my life, but I've seen a lot in my life, mainly because my grandpa's a travel freak. So... I went to elementary, junior high, high school, and I even went to JUCO in Victorville. Parkview Elementary School. My very first day on that campus, we had one of them orientation meetings when the parents come, they introduce the principal and the school and all that. This where they had me fucked up. I was shit scared of mascots and things in costumes and masks and all that. They gonna talk about some, and now... Welcoming your Parkview Panther. And this ugly ass purple panther comes waltzing from behind the stage. And I let out a loud ass scream. Mind you, he was in the front of the cafeteria. I was all the way in the back. And I smashed through them double doors in full tears. I was five, whatever. Anyways, the years got better as in I became a delinquent. And I don't know if that really means they got better necessarily. Or they just became more fun. But to me it was good. I never got suspended or expelled because I used to cry like on key. But I was also locked in with everybody in the office since they saw me so much. I was always doing something outlandish. Like one day I went to the bathroom and I had just watched Monday Night Raw the night before. Shawn Michaels was the GOAT. So what did I do? I hit the mirrors in the bathroom with a sweet chin music. Yes, that's the type of shit that I was doing. 
bathroom mirror shattered. The transitions from elementary school to junior high was honestly different for me. I resented my mom for not letting me go to Cobalt with all my friends that I had already made, you feel me, from kindergarten all the way up to sixth grade. And I had even lost some friends, you know, along that journey. But it was just, it would feel different not going to the same school as them again. Instead, I had to go to Hook because we ended up moving. We lived closer. And I went in thinking I'd be singled out. Like, I don't know nobody. I didn't know nobody that went to the schools before. But the first day I walked on campus, I seen some of the homies from Pop Warner. I saw my cousins. And I was like, yes, this is definitely where I need to be. This is my calling. This is where I'm supposed to be. And honestly, them days were hella live, too. I was still a delinquent. And I was still, you feel me, well acquainted with the people in the disciplinary office. But at the same time, like, it was fun. I was still reckless, but it was fun. High school, high school, high school is just a different breed. First day, like, I'm here getting dropped off at school by my dad in the car with my dad. You feel me? Getting dropped off by my dad. And you got these grown-ass adults pulling up to school with car seats in the back. Like, they got three kids, 401k and all that. So I was confused because I was like, I don't know if this is like what high school is supposed to be. Because you see high school in like the Disney shows and like on TV, it looks nothing like that. Everybody's all clean shaven and everybody looks like they're 10. You go to high school in real life and everybody looks like, you know, they already grew up. Anyways. Freshman year, I was still on my bullshit, but I started to realize that I had to act more grown if I was trying to get the attention of them older girls, because, like, you don't want to mess with the girls your age. You see these older girls, you like, hold on, you feel me? That's where I'm trying to, that's where I'm trying to aim. Anyways, I knew that that, like, you know, that whole little, little kid, like, being bad, and that just wasn't, it wasn't cutting it no more. It wasn't the flattering thing to do no more. So, I can say that you know, during my sophomore year and even after my sophomore year, I did end up growing up in the sense of some shit just wasn't appealing to me anymore. Some shit just wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, I just didn't want to do it. So that's why, like, to me, you know, when people were like, oh, high school's trash, high school's garbage, I don't see it. High school was dope to me and it was super easy. Like, people that say high school was hard, you just didn't go. Because that mess was dumb easy, bro. You could literally fall asleep in class and still pass. And I got a story about that, too. And the homies are fake for for that. Anyways, that's a story for another time. I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't the person. I was always bashing people that went to VVC. Aha, you go to VVC. Or aha, VVC's trash. Or aha, you're not going to go nowhere because you went to VVC. You're stuck in Victor for the rest of your life. But I will say VVC was actually cool, to say the least. Um, I did set out my freshman year of college ball because I did get hurt. And for two, they wasn't about to burn my uh, first year of college ball and give me no stats and no playtime to show for it. So I took my medical red shirt and I kept it pushing. And honestly, when I took my medical red shirt, that's when... I really started uh, dabbling in the herbal essences. And honestly, that made my life 10 times better because it calmed every single nerve in my body. Like, anybody who really knows me knows I'm an angry person. Don't know why. I just am. But whatever. That's another story for another time. I got a lot of stories for y'all. 
I spent two years at BBC. It could have been three, and I could have finished my sophomore season there. But I wasn't. I was just burnt. I was burnt out on Victorville. I was burnt out on the people there. I was burnt out on the scenery. I was sick of just going to BBC every single day and seeing the same people. And yeah, that's like, you know, that's what it's like out here where I'm at now. But it's cool because now I'm at a point in my life where I'm just, you know, I'm coasting. You know, I'm not coasting as in, you know, I'm still on my grind type deal, but I'm coasting as like, I don't really care about, you know, seeing new people and none of that. I do want to see some new scenes, but as far as, you know, I'm I'm stable. So I'm Gucci. Um and I could I could say like I don't really regret, you know, coming out here. I don't regret my decision at all. Well, and for those of you asking where where is he? I'm in Kansas. I dipped out to Kansas to finish playing ball and finish my education. So that happened. But I mean, a lot of things did happen along the way that, you know, I do look back on them like, damn, if this could have been a little different. But I don't regret it at the end of the day because if I regretted it, you know, I'd be regretting who I am today. And I don't regret who I am. I love myself unconditionally. Yeah, there's some things I look at myself and I'm like, bro, you could do better. But at the end of the day, I love myself. You got to love yourself. So we're going to dive into sports and why that's always had a big impact on my life, like a big influence. And it's the reason I'm linked in with so many of my other people that I grew up with. Um, basketball, football, like played them both all my life, whether it was, you know, organized or just in the park, whatever. I started organized football when I was five years old and I finished my last play, you know, thank God, free of injury, um, you know, last year when I was 22. And Pop Warner was cool to start off with, but I mean, we weren't great. We weren't good at all. You know, we were garbage, to say the least. We were actually really garbage. But it, you know, went on the up and up when my uncle took over and made God rest his soul. But he's the reason I had a hunger for scoring in the first place. You know, made me play running back. But that's another story for another day. Like I said, I got many stories for y'all. Um, High school, that... High school ball was dope. I'm not even going to lie to you. Undefeated freshman year with my boys, Woodsy, you know, Stacy, Chris, you know, grew up with them and played ball with them, Pop Warner, and just to take that to the high school level and dominate, you know, that was really good. You know, I loved it. Um, sophomore year, you know, I'm playing varsity, you know, with the same folks. But it's like, it's just not the same, you know. We, It's just not, there's no, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. We didn't do too good. You know, two and eight, going from ten and zero freshman year to getting on varsity and think we're doing something. You know, going two and eight. Anyways, um, my junior year was when we went live, and you know, it kind of sucked because junior year, you know, a lot of people split ways, whatever. But um, I will say that alongside my brother Tate, you know, and some true dogs like Joe Vidio that you know put in that work, uh, we swept our league five and zero. You know, like really made some history for our school finally um it was just the whole culture the whole culture you know did it um and my senior year was cool but it felt like it was my show and I know like people like what bro that's dope like and yeah it is but at the same time like there was other people on the field that could have helped out you know and I'm not saying that they didn't help out I'm saying our coach didn't put them in the position to help out you know, we had Andy, we had Stacy, we had Chris, we had Cam, we had Buddha, but athletes, you know, that could have done so much more and really shown some potential. But, you know, you don't give them the chance, you know, 
and you know it's high school bro like throw your pieces out there dude let's go let's go for it all why not you know live to see another day anyways um juco was whatever it wasn't really live to me like it was cool because i got to meet a bunch of people from different places you know different states and stuff but it just wasn't like it wasn't i don't know how to really explain it it wasn't live like people say i I was you know i guess it's because it wasn't a university so i'm i went in expecting more than i than i got but you know it is what it is and i honestly started losing love for the game like that's where my love started kind of dying and i don't know why but i think it really died died when i got to uh you know usm to say the least i love you here don't get me wrong you know I love the people here. The culture is pretty cool as far as, like, the community culture. But, you know, I came here to ball for my last three years, and I'm only counting two of them three years because, honestly, last season, last season didn't count. And nobody could tell me it did because in my book, I don't even know what you're talking about if you bring up last season. So that's how that's going to go. Okay, now we're about to talk about super-duper sniper hooper. That's what I call myself. And I don't care what nobody has to say. Like, people be like, oh, you can't make your own nickname. Well, I just did. And I never called myself that before, but I just did today. So as far as basketball goes, I played at the Hook Rec League when I was nine, tore it up. I used to go down there and just chuck the ball up. Like, I had a garbage jumper, no form, nothing. But I had a burner, I'll tell you that much. NJB, now that's where it was at. That was live. That was fun. It was like, you know, I just felt free, felt carefree, you know. And at the same time, I was also playing at Hook, you know, Hook Wranglers. Let's go get them. Um, but my dad was my coach for NJB. And I guarantee you, even, you know, people that aren't listening to this, people that know me back then, you know, they were like, oh, your dad's a coach. You're probably getting special treatment. No, that wasn't the case. Me and him actually used to get into it because he would decide to bench me for nothing. I mean, yeah, granted, I had a terrible attitude, but he would bench me for nothing. So, yeah, we got into it. But honestly, it helped me in the long run because, you know, it showed me like, bro, just be coachable. Just listen to what's being said to you. You know, go harder, whatever, whatever the case may be. Sometimes he felt like I wasn't going hard enough. And sometimes I felt like he was trying to push me too hard. But, you know, that's, like I said, a story for another time. That's probably going to be a new motto. Anyways, um, so we go from NJB to high school. And honestly, high school ball was high school ball was dope. Like freshman year, you feel me? You balling out there, fresh cut in front of your school. I mean, freshman year was whatever. I mean, our freshman year was dope because we would have fans for whatever reason. I guess everybody fucked with us for whatever reason, heavily. But freshman year, we had fans. Then we go on the JV. You know, people like, oh, the JV niggas is eating. Yeah, they eating. Yeah. And then junior year, you know, varsity, whatever. But it was just the fact, like, you're balling in front of your school. You got your fresh cut. Got your new shoes on. You know, you looking clean. And you hooping. Like, it's just fun. The environment was fun. Everybody's screaming like, shit, bro, I'm about to relapse. But anyways, Coach Denny is another coach that, you know, I, I truly admire. You know, him, my uncle, my dad, like, those those three men 
or three men in my life that showed me, you know, what it is to really, you know, seek to be better and what it meant to actually put work in. Like, those are people that pushed me to be great. You know, he made me love the sport. Um, I, bro, I used to be the first one at practice with him shooting on the shooting machine, you know, texting like, hey, coach, uh, you trying to, trying to go up there early? You know, and he'd come in there, open the gym for me, and we'd be shooting. But, um, you know, he trusted me, and he even let me know, and he let, you know, the team know, uh, alongside Khalil, you know, that me and, me and Khalil were the, you know, green light burners of the team. So, and I know I say you know a lot, but whatever, you know, get used to it. Damn, said it again. Anyways. Okay, now, don't be fooled. Because I still have that burner. I still have that burner from deep. I'm still a deep-range deadeye. But now I just, you know, do it for my leisure. I do it when I decide to go out just to hoop at the park or if I decide to go to the gym, put up a couple shots, pick up game, whatever it may be. But I'm not really, you know, focused on, hey, let's improve my hoop skills. I could still hoop. I could still cross somebody with a sham god. All that great stuff. Um, anyways, and Khalil and Coach Denny, I fuck with them heavy. Those are two people that, you know, I feel like they believed in me to hoop. So I hooped. <laughs> anyways. Lastly, in the deep depths of who this dude is behind the mic, music influenced a lot in my life. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Um, and I could do probably 15 episodes on how much music has influenced me and what it's influenced me on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I started, it started off when I was young and my mom would send me to bed and I would crawl into bed. It would be like things that like, you know, we would get into it or whatever. She'd be mad at me for doing something and she sent me to bed. So I'm going to bed crying full of tears. And I'd hop into bed angry, and I'd just start banging my head on my pillow. Well, in my head, as I'm banging my head on the pillow, I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm making a beat. So I'm in the pillow, snot, crying, <laughs> you know, making music. And that's how I kind of start, started rapping, I guess you could say. Because I never really considered myself a rapper, and even now I still don't. But I started off just having melodies, you know, just whether it was, I hate, you know, and I'm not going to go into what I would be singing, but whatever. Um, and then at the same time, it's like all the music that I've listened to, you know, MTV jams was big around that time, music videos and all that stuff. So that's also had a heavy influence on me. Um, now, don't quote this, don't quote me on this, but that might be honestly why a lot of my screws are loose. Just all those years of just banging my head on the on the pillow, just back and forth, banging, 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 and thinking of music and stuff. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I don't still do that from time to time, because I do. It's soothing to me. Maybe that's why I'm a little off in the head, but whatever. Um... Through the years, as I got older, LimeWire became one of my best friends because it was a gateway to all the new leaks, instrumentals, mixtapes, all that. So I was a LimeWire junkie. And then the tide turned, and now we're here with the gadgets we got today. So whatever, I could still get my music. I'm, I'm happy. You're happy. We're all happy. 
But you'll come to find out more as we go deeper. I got a lot of weird-ass habits, a lot of weird-ass stories, um, and they're still pretty relevant to this day. And I feel like a lot of them tie into a lot of things that I'm going to end up talking about because, you know, a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about is just relatable, I guess you could say. But relatable to me and you, I don't know. Y'all will see. So the main reason I decided to start doing this podcast is because I got a lot of things running crazy in my brain. And I've seen through a lot of people's actions and the way that people move and things like that, that they're unreliable when it comes to being that listening ear. They rather take your information and, you know, use it against you or use it as some hidden agenda to one-up you or whatever. So I felt if I started a podcast... I know that there's somebody out there that'll listen and take the time to, you know, actually understand the person behind the mic and actually understand the words that are coming out of my mouth and understand my upbringings, things like that. And one thing I wanted to talk about in this episode, which is also the theme of this series, is fear. And since fear is a very vague topic, I broke it up into three episodes. Um, it's concerning the fear of scenario. And today, the fear of scenario that we'll be talking about is the fear of success and what that really entails. So what is fear? The noun definition suggests that it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. Make note of the word belief because we're going to come back to that in later episodes. The verb definition suggests it is to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Now it's interesting when you think about fear and success in the same sentence because success is defined in four different ways. One, as the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Two, as the attainment of popularity or profit. Three, a person or thing that achieves desired aims or attains prosperity. Or four, the outcome of an undertaking specified as achieving or failing to achieve its aims. Now you have all those beautiful words that are attached to the term success. So how can somebody fear it? Or better yet, is it the success that is actually being feared or is it the results that come with it? Honestly, who could say they didn't fantasize about being in the limelight growing up? I know I dreamed about it about every day and every night. But what would I have done given that status of success, regardless of what field it was in? The fear of success is called achievementphobia. But understanding this fear of success more, I began to see patterns of this fear within myself. For instance, many people know me and know that by no means am I shy, but when it comes to showing off my talents or things I'm passionate about, if you aren't someone I trust wholeheartedly, then you won't get a glimpse of my talents. And that's one thing that's made music kind of hard for me. I love doing it, but I feel like I hold myself back from posting songs that I feel could put me up there in the status of fame. Because it's like, dang, then I have to perform in front of folks and like all that stuff. And it's just not something I feel I'd be ready to do. And aside from my shyness, I'm also kind of introverted. Although in public, in certain settings, you'll see a whole completely different side of me. My extrovert side. But I'm really such a closed off person that when it comes to anything I'm doing, I have a hard time letting other people in. Like I'll show the homies my music all day. But when the discussion about posting it comes up, I always close it off with a change in subject or say something like, oh, I will drop it next year. Another thing I do frequently is destroy my self-image. I have so much self-doubt that even now I feel that this podcast won't take off the way I hope. Because all my life, even the little successes, I always felt like nothing was enough. 
And honestly, I can't say it came from some deep-rooted childhood put-downs from my parents, but I will say that one of my favorite cousins, even to this day, was someone that made me feel like shit for all my accomplishments because I'd always wanted some type of acknowledgement from him, but instead I got criticized or ostracized, making it seem like I was never good enough. So I guess it is true. Trauma oftentimes stays with you, and you have no clue it even exists. But, I mean, it's real. Another thing I felt while doing my research on this fear that stood out to me was the fact I always feared losing connections with those I'm closest to or felt close to, for that matter. Or even the thought of just leaving them behind. But I mean, shit, now I'm at the point where, honestly, I've been dropping so-called friends left and right. So that isn't so much a fear as it is an expectation, I guess, at this point. And I'm not saying I'm expecting to lose contact with all my close ones or anything like that. I'm saying these motherfuckers that claim, keyword, claim, with false pretenses that they are ride or die, but then do some shady shit, like try and have your girl come to their crib and watch movies and smoke just because you and her are down bad. But let me stop. That was once a fear for me. The thought of losing close relationships, but now I want to level up so that I can indefinitely weed out the fake. But I know other people may feel this way when they're on their pursuit for success. And I'll be the first to tell you, don't allow this to be the deciding factor of your successes. Fuck them, folks. And be great, because the ones that are truly down, you'll never have to question that loyalty. They're going to always stay connected. The other ones, let them motherfuckers go. Anyways, next topic before I mess around and start pressing issues. I truly don't know if I'd be able to handle the pressures of success. And honestly, I don't even think it's a matter of handling the pressure as it is, I just don't feel like it. Like, I don't want to be the motherfucker that can't walk outside without being harassed. But at the same time, I feel like that shit would be mad dope because I feel like that quote unquote important, like I should be in like a Vogue magazine or something. But I always thought about the aspect of success like, what if it changes my life and causes some unwanted stress and makes me go crazy like half of these Disney stars done went? But I just feel like that's so much unnecessary energy that nobody really needs. And I'm very aware that there are other forms of success other than stardom, like big promotions in a business, starting up a family, shit, even owning a car, buying your first car. However, they all have the potential of causing some type of fear of that gained success. Getting promoted might make someone feel like their colleagues assume they become better than them because of the promotion, or people may expect more out of them, or they feel they may be that person to take that new level up and abuse the power that comes with it. All of these things are things that can cause someone to second-guess that aim for that promotion. People might seek to start a family, which, in all its glory, is a beautiful thing, But in the process, thoughts of losing friendships they once had or growing apart from the people they considered would be there all their life could begin to stir up and cause a second thought on the whole starting a family thing. Something even as small as getting a car, although it is a necessity in this day and age, some people could feel that once they get a car, people in their life may try and take advantage of them for rides or they may be sent to run errands left and right which can cause them to prolong the process of getting a car because they feel some type of fear or anxiety about that aim. So what do people do when faced with fear or that sudden burst of anxiety? Dropkick the first badass kid we see. But on a serious note, people get overwhelmed when it comes to something that can potentially change their normal. It causes them in many cases to to succumb to self-destructive behavior. 
I oftentimes put off projects that I set a date to finish and I end up procrastinating myself into not ever touching the project again. Like even now, as I'm talking to you, you were supposed to be hearing this like three to three or four Mondays ago, but I'm here though. Better late than never is factual. It's this idea of being so wrapped up in whatever my success is. I feel that if I put it off, it'll still be there for me. But honestly, now I just got to go grab that motherfucker. And we all do. We can't get a grasp on something great and let it fold because we find ourselves fearing the outcomes of what the success entails. I thank the most high for allowing me to stay on a pretty straight path when it comes to my own self-destructive behavior. I've never doped up on mad drugs that could take my life. I've had some battles with wanting to take my own life, but that's a story for another time, just like I keep saying. I've never gone down a rabbit hole I couldn't climb out of, or at least I felt that I couldn't climb out of. I always end up climbing out somehow, some way, and I honestly think it's because, you know, along with God, I have some people that, you know, transitioned on to the, to the next realm, and I feel like they have a lot of power as far as what goes on with me, you know, that, that cosmic energy. But there are people that truly suffer from these things because they're afraid to face that reality, that they're really actually great and they're really important. It sounds odd, but that shit can really affect people that have come from nothing or come from places where they were constantly bashed or put down or seen as a burden. Those feelings run deep. But there isn't a mountain that can't be climbed. There's no hurdle that can't be leaped. And there's no beast that can't be tamed. And definitely no challenge that can't be conquered. We can all get through whatever battles try our peace and sanity. For the people that are listening and for those that can relate to what's being said, I got some good shit that'll help you get over these humps. Light that shit up. I joke, but I'm also kind of serious. But anyways, the real way to get over this hump is take that leap of faith. Because at the end of the day, this vessel only has one shot at this thing we call life. So give it its best run. Don't sell yourself short and realize that you're great and you're worth every accomplishment you receive, no matter how small it is. If you're the type that likes to be organized, set you some goals. Start off with Start off with daily, work up to weekly, then start going big for those long-term goals. Write down your fears or habits that you have that cause your success to be prolonged and work on breaking those walls down. One thing I learned after sitting back and assessing my situation is that you have to be your biggest fan and supporter because at the end of the day, no one got you like you do. Love yourself and boost yourself up. Fuck all that feeling cocky shit. Work your confidence through the roof and know your worth. I'm really excited to take this journey and continue on this journey with you guys and help you guys learn and grow as I learn more about myself that I've never even known. I honestly thought I would have lost my flow or went on some whole other tangent because my ADHD be messing with me a lot. But anyways, tune in on Wednesday and we're going to tap in on the fear of commitment, something that this generation struggles with wholeheartedly. And nobody can tell me they don't because I see on Twitter, on Instagram, all types of stuff about cheating or just xyz things that have to do with you know them issues of commitment that fear of commitment and people can say all they want oh i'm not scared of commitment okay well then why did you you know cheat on her or why did you do this or why you know anyways love to my real ones respect to the respected and a big fuck you to the frenemies gang